No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. It's nighttime and you don't know what to eat and you're sitting at home and you're confused and that one bead of sweat is coming down the top of your forehead and you're freaking out. Stop. It's okay. Listen to me. Yeah, no, for real. What am I going to do? You're going to go check out Fire on the Mountain. If you live in Portland or Denver, Portland has three locations. Denver has two. They got you covered with the most delicious food you ever have put in your hands to go into your mouth. Ever. Ever. Period. That's it. Well, I finally got that Nashville hot chicken sandwich that I've been lusting after for the last two weeks. What do you think? It was freaking amazing. And I'm not talking about that just because, no, it was amazing every bite the beads of sweat I on my some, brow i ate it cold and it was still as good as when it was hot Damn. It's, a, it's a beads of sweat themed it restaurant is. as amazing. well yes so, and it was yeah. it was huge it too was huge. That was a huge sandwich and i ate almost the whole thing yeah and then i'm gonna make a correction here my favorite thing that they make is pickle spears thank you yes i got it right that i time. wish i had the their pickle spears up. are so darn good if you like deep fried pickles usually they do like you know places do the pickle nickels the spears are so amazing they're so juicy when you bite into them and we went there and dined like mel said this weekend this time I tried the, the Jamaican jerk is one of my favorites. And then this time I tried the spicy peanut sauce, which is amazing. I'm not a real spicy person, but it was worth it. I think you're spicy. It's sweet, apple. spicy, peanutty, and it's augmented with fresh jalapenos. It's a Thai style peanut sauce. It's oh my God. It was so good. So check this out. If you're a vegan or vegetarian and you're like, I just fell asleep. I don't care about chicken wings. They have tons of salad options for you and they have vegan wings yeah. so or vegetarian yeah. wings sorry i don't think those are well, vegan then also too because i know like we i worked in restaurants people that like hot wings like dare you to try to catch their face on fire Check the el jefe out the el jefe is loaded with jalapeno habanero peppers and they finish it off with a hefty pour of what is it capsaicin mm-hmm. capsaicin extract oh, oh dude to up capsaicin. it a notch it says delicious painful and doubles as bear repellent so so check this out <laughs> if you don't live in portland or denver and you're sad right now don't be sad go to portlandwings.com and you can pick up a bunch of the sauces there you can also get your gear there like hoodies and, and, and those t-shirts. dope socks that they just came out with and they have new fire on the mountain socks so go go check it out portlandwings.com or 
FOTM PDX or FOTM Denver on Instagram. Fire on the Mountain, Grateful Dead family owned and operated. April 19th. April 19th. Through the 23rd. Through the 23rd. In Ventura, California. On the beach. Apple's favorite. Oh, yes. The beach. There is a beach. Join No Simple Road April 19th through the 28th. No. 23rd. 3rd. Yeah, that's a long time. That would be a long time. That's a really long time. We're not going to be there that long. That's in years to come because okay. it does keep on growing. Well, I, I said it right the first time. April 19th, 19th through the 23rd, 23rd in Ventura, California yeah. for Skull and Roses 5, the most amazing Grateful Dead tribute festival on the planet. You can join us. No Simple Road there. Phil and Friends, O'Teal, Dark Star Orchestra, Sages and Spirit. Melvin Seals and JGB, Circles Around the Sun, Leftover Salmon, Grateful Shred. Boombox, Jerry's Middle Finger, Cubensis, China Cats, Dogs in a Pile. I'm really excited about seeing Boombox and Dogs in a Pile there. So here's the deal. This is five days of music down on the beach with an expanded shakedown. They even have an oasis area this year to keep you cool and keep you rolling this year. Heck yeah. And we're going to be there. That's right. So go to skullandroses.com. And get yourself some tickets. They got all kinds of packages right now. They got VIP packages. They have passes for all the days. And they have deals with the hotels around there if you're looking for somewhere to stay. They also have Grateful Dead style camping in the lot. You know what happens in the lot. And check out the wall of sound that they are doing. Wall of news. Wall of news. Wall of sound news. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you're all over the place tonight. The wall of sound's going to happen on the 28th. So (laughs) just stick around for that. (laughs) Mel's bringing the wall of sound on the 28th. No, but check it out. They're doing a lot of really good work um, with the bands and putting stories up about um, Skull and Roses and all their everybody that's going to be there. So That is wallofnews.love. Wall of news. So if you just forgot everything I said, what you can do is you can go to nosimpleroad.com and there's a banner on there and you can click on it. It'll take you to skullandroses.com and you can get your tickets. Come hang out with us on the beach at the famous Ventura and County Fair. Also, also one last thing, if you are from the Portland area and you're going to be down there, our own hometown heroes, Ooh. Garcia birthday oh, band, right. are going to be kicking off the festivities on 420. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Well, probably not first, but whatever. You get the idea. Skull and Roses. If you're wondering what to wear to Skull and Roses, you know what you should do. You should go to shoptourbus.com <laughs> and hook yourself up with some fresh duds, man. Grateful Dead inspired tees that you're not going to find on the lot anywhere on the planet. The only lot you're going to find them on is the digital lot online at shoptourbus.com. That's right. And Aaron just freshened up my wardrobe with a new uh, My Love is Bigger Than a Cadillac hoodie. So I'm going to be sporting that at Skull and Roses. Your love is bigger than a Cadillac. No, that's why Thank I got you. it for That's you. why I wanted Aww. it because I knew that it was. <laughs> And if you want, if you want to get one of their awesome estimated tees, they only have a few left, and those come with a five-inch holographic die-cut vinyl sticker and California vibes. And a portion of those proceeds are going towards the West Coast Disaster Relief. Oh, that's, that's dope. right on. So whatever you order is going to come in an all-over printed box. I think right now they're doing the Saint Stephen design for the boxes. And it's going to have all kinds of extras on the inside. And some of you are going to get a miracle Grateful Dead bootleg in your order. Bootleg. And you're getting free shipping because you're part of the No Simple Road family. Put in the promo code No Simple Road, all one word. And our friends at Shop Tour Bus are going to give you free shipping. So go to shoptourbus.com or at Shop Tour Bus online. Use the promo code No Simple Road. 
Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Mel Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. It wouldn't be hard to make a company successful by making your employees happy. Yeah. Not, not even a little bit. No, not at all. Yeah. You make them happy and then they want to stay around. Yeah. And then you got a tight crew. Um, and they the, feel more invested in it because they are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm, a, if I own something, if I borrow your car, I might return it with gas in it. Maybe. I probably would. But if I own the car. I'm going to go get the oil changed. I'm going to go do all the stuff. Yes, you I are. want it to be nice, man. Well, if you're good, you're going to do both to both. Hey, now. To both. No Simple Road family. This is Aaron. This is Mel. This is Apple. And we have a special guest in the studio today. I'm Simon. This is our son, <laughs> Mel and I. Simon. Little baby boy. Welcome to No Simple Road in your own house. It's not true. I'm taller than her, so I'm technically <laughs> not a baby boy. That's true. He's been one of my best well, friends since he was a kid. You this are true. my baby, Simon. I still think about you like, I don't treat you like that, but I still think about you well, like, debatable debatable yeah i don't mind it you know that's a mom thing um so before we we get into simon being here i i just want to tell you everybody that this week on no simple road 
Our guest is the Graham amazing Graham Yarrington. Sorry, babe. I got it's a little It's okay. Ahead. You got ahead of me. I did it's get cool. ahead of me. Do it. Excited. I was excited about Graham. She is excited. Graham, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for reaching out to be on the show. Thank you for sending us the most beautiful, perfectly mixed artwork of me and Aaron is what I, when I look at that, um, Steely, uh, Steely that you sent, um, with the ohm symbol and the Steely, I feel like it's a mixture of both of us. And Apple's know? the little rainbow surrounding. Yeah. Holiday. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I, anyway, I love it. I thought yeah, I described yeah, Apple as a little rainbow. Too. Sure. Oh, no. Whatever. Apple. No, Graham, I, I was completely blown away when I opened that. Like, yeah, we the, were the paper that it's on. Just the whole thing. Thank you, man. And for everybody out there, if you don't know who Graham is, go follow him on Instagram. Go check out his website. Just Google his name. You know what to do. You, I don't need me. You don't need me to tell you. But this is the artist behind like the new Jerry Garcia Hampton box set. He's the guy that did the art for this. Um, I have to say a special thank you to our brother Brady. Uh, without Brady introducing me to who Graham was, um, this wouldn't have happened. And we definitely made a new member of the No Simple Road family through this conversation. And I think you guys are really, really, really going to dig this. But yeah, and he, when he's done posters for My Morning Jacket, Fish, uh, he's building his repertoire. And I, I like this, that this is to you, Graham. I like. Three days ago, you posted part of an old painting called Mother's Spore and asked, how about the newest episode of Last of Us? Dude, I dig that show. I'm glad you do, too. Mm. And he's got his latest painting up, his first painting that of the new dope. year. I love what he says, too. It's taken him a little bit. Long. He's a little bit slower because he has an adorable new puppy to look after. <laughs> I know. Mm. I was like, we need to go to a show sometime. He's like, well, yeah, we do. But I just got a puppy. <laughs> so God does puppers need love and care all right so everybody if you're new to no simple road or you've never like listened to the older episodes of the show i'm going to catch you up on something for those of you that are no simple road people that have been around forever you you, you get you you'll, get you'll understand this yes. but this show wouldn't be happening right now if it wasn't for simon that's, I guess, true. I didn't really think of it that way, but yes, that, that's true. I'm a venture capitalist. As you, <laughs> you have definite stake in he the went, show. He was our first investor. Yes. Yeah. Well, mom's money was really, I was Thank a you. child. Thank no, you, no, you don't, you don't say that. You saved your money really hard. I did. I doing rake, chores. I raked yards or gutters. Simon, or, can you bring you us back to that moment? Do you um, remember it? I do remember it. My dad, um, as some of you may know. <laughs> he was always talking about how cool would it be to start a podcast back when podcasts kind of weren't that big of a deal. Um, and I thought it was a cool idea too. So went to Best Buy, saw a blue snowball, I believe was the mic. That was That's the first it. one. Um, got him that and he just started doing it on his own and I was like this is cool this is exactly what I wanted him to do and he clearly likes his gift um, <laughs> <laughs> it worked it worked it I mean, so wait so wait you're the conductor so Simon kind of be a semi-conductor no I'm like the no because I was going to say I'm like the people that shovel the coal in the back of the, mm -hmm. the like train. A in this instance he would be the coal shoveler 
Which sucks. Well, <laughs> I would think in this, he would be like the Patreon, like giving yeah. you the, like you're He's right. He's our the patron. Ven- yes, our He's patron. Our pa- Simon, our patron saint. That's yeah. not really a trained yeah. position. But yeah. <laughs> the trained patron. There's three employees on a Santos, train. Santo Simon. <laughs> what, is, what, are, what is it? Okay, so it's Patreon, conductor, coal shoveler. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and without right. the Patreon guys, none all, of that shit happens. And what are those, those people that believe in you believers friends and family <laughs> I like that but believe, believers how many ways can we say that you know seriously man like think about that for a minute it was all like a little over five years ago think about how much that one gift changed all of our lives wow can't even that's, it's wild to think about, right? It really is, especially, you know, because the amount of people that you've met and the amount of exposure that you've that you've gotten, I was like, oh, he talks about this thing. So, you know, we'll like let him see if it's really cool. And it was really cool. Yeah. It, it's a trip to me to think about like in life, there's pivotal moments like when you have a kid or, you know, you graduate high school or college move out yeah that kind of shit and like honest to god as far as as finding my path in life that one thing that you did helped me figure out what i wanted to be when i grow up at 45 (laughs) years old well shit man i you know that's you did that for me my whole life because you're my dad. You walked me through fucking everything, so yeah. it's the least the least I could do. Hell yeah, well, that's a really big impact. I'm thinking, like, as you're talking about it, I'm thinking you've never about, thought about that. Well, not that deep. I've thought about it before because I went with him. I was I was a huge part of it. I was part of every aspect of it. But when you think about like what you just said, like, there's so many people that have benefited from that one gift purchase everybody needs an outlet and dad didn't really i mean he did have his drawing and he had his art and and stuff like that which is cool but this is this is him this is the outlet that best expresses him and it was I'd do it again. I'd buy him another microphone. Heck yeah, yeah. Well, well, there's this really the, expensive one. And, <laughs> and, and what what you did, like now you're sitting here, Simon. This is awesome. Kind of full circle, almost six years later, coming up this July that we've been doing this. Wow. Yeah, How much years. it has helped us. Like it's this is therapy for me and your mom and it's dad. Five years. Five years. Oh. It, oh, five years. Okay. Wait. Mm-mm. No, it's six years. We started eighteen to nineteen. We'll be back in 20 minutes. Yeah. Right wow, now. six years. Holy shit. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, because we're coming up on seven years of living here. Yeah. Check out the wall of sound so, on the 20. But, but, but what you did, like your dad was just saying, it has helped so many people. So many of our listeners reach out, especially through like uh, like uh, the pandemic thing. Oh, yeah. It provided a Shout lot out to Gretel. everybody. And it's it's 
made us kind of discover what we're going to be doing in the future and everything. Like I'm glad. what you did is amazing. I also appreciate like Simon was never like when we were listening to the dad when he was growing up, it was never really your thing, but you were like a lot of kids sometimes when their mom and dads do stuff they don't like, they're kind of a dick about it or something. Or like, well, you were always just like, ah, oh, that's our thing. And then for you to come full circle to be like, they sit out here and talk all the time about this stuff. And there's other people who are interested. Here you go, dad. Here's a gift. Take it to the people. And then he ran with it, dude. It, thank you, Simon. Of course. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, really cool to see. Yeah. I mean, not to put too fine a point on it. You changed my life. Yeah. I appreciate it. For appreciate real, dude. Well, he did that multiple yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, not <laughs> More no, than once. No, like I'll tell you the the most important way you one no it this is this is the most important you turned him into out of a junkie and into a person who I don't is, think Dad was using him. Like no, five years whoa, ago. no, I'm talking whoa. about I was talking about podcast. I'm talking about way shit. back in the day. I'm oh, talking okay. about okay. like you being born made him turn into somebody yeah. that was responsible I can't take credit for the born part. No, that was, but like, that your, was all yeah, us, yeah, that was you guys. your presence, like you coming out into the world out of my stomach and literally into the world made. Is that real? Or I thought it was like stork or no. Something. Well, this when a mommy <laughs> and a daddy love them, love well, themselves. No, what? like you, you helped change him, like whip him into shape in the best kind of a way, you know? And yeah, you didn't really have any control over that, but you're, your being, yourness made him made that happen. Yeah, it did. It, it you know, for sure, yeah, right? Like I mean, that, just just find do you just finding out that you were pregnant. I hadn't even didn't know it was a boy or a girl. Yeah, or a, well, I don't know. Darwin's yeah. digging on his bed. Out. He's breaking yeah. stuff. But over. when I just when I found that out, it was like, oh shit! You saved Dad's life too. Yeah. And yeah. then you and then you help me figure out what I wanted to be. And well, this, this is very sweet, you guys. It's like <laughs> warm and fuzzy. Oh, <laughs> well, wait, wait. Okay, then then to top it off, Simon is one of the best cooks I have known in a long time. Simon throws down on like right now the entire house smells like this he's making some bomb curry dish. It's simmering while we're down here recording. And what do you say? It's like, well, I just wanted to give you guys some love. Yeah, and like, that's how what I better express, was, Yeah. Since, you, since you were a kid, I remember I used to, I used to like babysit Sydney and Simon uh, when they were younger. And it was always more like them babysitting me. They took care of themselves. And Simon, he was he still his baby. Simon was cooking dude. and doing his <laughs> old thing at like five, six years yeah. old. And I just re- I remember going to restaurants too, and they'd bring the kid menu. Oh no, no way! Simon would get no so upset. Menu. He'd be like, "I am not eating like that bullshit on the kids menu. Bring me the grown up menu." Here's the thing: you though, were never having. Wait, wait, let him talk. Well, well, just gonna, Simon's one of my favorite. One of my favorite things about Simon. Simon's an adventure person when it comes to food. We've gone to so many places and we order. Simon will try anything like I will. Yeah, except like, for let's bugs. Let's give it a shot. I will what's never it? let a bug near my mouth. Anyway, what's the thing with the kids menu? Well, here's the thing, man. <laughs> Every kid's menu is going to have a few things. It's going to have, you know, PB&J, grilled cheese, maybe some chicken tenders if you're lucky. I don't want all that shit. The good food, the different tastes are on the on the grown-up stuff. So even mm-hmm. if I get one bite of the grown-up stuff, it's better than 
a dumb grilled cheese that I, I could make at five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I can make that at home. It's fine. Yeah. But back to the podcast thing. I mean, it's just nice to see you guys having fun. Like this genuinely is fun for you guys. Oh yeah. yeah. This, this, okay. Yes. On the Simon. fun meter. <laughs> if the fun meter is like one to 10, this is like 50,000 that, yeah. that you've given us with this. I, I'm just like, I'm sitting here thinking about it. Like, all the people that we've met, all the trips that we've taken, all, all both that and there's all physical, kinds of trips. mental yeah. and physical, mental yeah. and physical, <laughs> all the music that we've seen, all the experiences that we've had, all the people, friends that have come into our lives, posters, stickers, <laughs> yeah. shirts, all that, like it filled our life up. Yeah. Yeah. Whether- With really fucking amazing stuff. Like yes. the most top level. So many opportunities. Yeah. Opportunities to like meet people, go to places we never would have. We Pennsylvania. We never would have gone to Pennsylvania. Park, yeah. Like it, even New York, maybe we would have gone, but not for that reason. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different things that um, it's like brought into our life that we couldn't have even pretended to bring or, or made up to bring into our life. <laughs> even thought of. And, and all of you out there listening, like all the emails that we've gotten from people that say like, Oh, I listened to the show and it helped me through the pandemic or like, Oh, I'm with you every week and it's nice to have your company or whatever. You should take a minute and just like, wherever you are, give a little clap for Simon because this wouldn't be happening. Oh, Simon. Yeah. Oh, yes. You. Yeah. you guys are part of the family straight up. The The listeners of No Simple Road are a new part of this family straight up. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. No other way to And I know that's right, gotten but. on your nerves a little bit over the years. That's all right. Time to time. That's all right. You're like, fuck, another band yeah. is coming to stay with us. I just want to be home alone. I don't want to present all cool because there's some well, now I here. I just want to go to work. Like, you know? Simon introduced a, like brought this to Aaron and all of us and everything. It's kind of like reverse parenting. He like, he like raised us, made sure that we had a career and everything. And, <laughs> and, then, then, left and, then, he he and then he moved out to do his thing. All right, you, you guys, guys are, are fine. Yeah. You're good. No, but that's good? another, okay. that's another thing with like, uh, I mean, he, dad has a day job obviously. And, that blows day jobs blow. If you guys don't know, not to get too anti-capitalist on everything, but having that fulfillment outside of work and having, having a, a thing to do that isn't work, but is in the way that you're, you know, benefiting from it that way mm. is, is super, super important. And that's not something that everybody gets, you know, somebody may, you know, make a cutting board or whatever once and sell it. But that's, that's not what I'm talking about. This is a real thing that you can continue to do as long as you didn't lose your voice. Yeah, no. And, and we're, <laughs> that's a good point. and you know, yeah. like Apple was just saying, we're six years in and, and I feel like just now we're getting our legs under us. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like we've, this year is the, yeah. I, I feel growth in the show that I've never felt before. For what I for whatever reason, I I I have to agree with you on that. It feels brand it new. It feels new, but it it feels like we're not pitching something that nobody's ever heard of. We're live. We're on experience. Like like this is like he, this is our body of work, 
and people want to be a part of that now. Yeah. Where before, yeah, yeah, this is before we were like explaining and kind of showing what was, what we were doing and, and making it up to be honest. I'm too. still, we're still making yeah, it up. Yeah, we're still making it up, but like now it's made up already. You can look at what we've done and now we can expand and people want to be a part of it. And it's really something that I'm get proud of more and more every day. No simple road coming to Netflix 2024. Ooh, no, I'm just no. Hey, you never know. <laughs> That's where the money stops. The man. Don't give dividends to nobody. Oh shit. Well then never, maybe never mind. Yeah. yeah. We'll go to Hulu we'll, or something. We'll, okay. we'll produce our own reality show. There it or is. Something. Okay. Um, yeah, man. So Simon, just thanks, man. Of course. Thanks, for, thanks for being a bomb ass kid. Aww. Thanks for being a bomb ass dad. There would be no, yeah. there'd be no yeah. me without you. That's I, <laughs> I got to add it. I said it on the show before, but not with Simon here and stuff. I, I, I have the extreme pleasure of kind of, I get to relive my friendship. Simon is so much like his dad. Um, Not but, weird but, to hear, Simon, because you but, feel but like so in your kind, kind of, kind of like yeah. the green sky, bluegrass on new and improved. <laughs> like, <laughs> the Simon, Simon's kind of give me and Aaron did Ouch. a lot of shit together when we didn't have our heads on straight. Simon's got a good head on his shoulders. He's learned a lot from his mom and dad and has carried that on. Like I said, he's one of my best friends and I get to relive things. Sometimes he does things so much that remind me of Aaron when he was age. It's like, having a best friend all over again and, really and i still apple. have Thank my you. old man friend as we grow old together yeah, man i ain't no old man <laughs> yeah, he, we're I'm a middle-aged as you're growing growing Dude. old okay just leave out the old though just growing old together yeah, yeah. growing man older friend, yeah. how about that we're yeah, getting older but yeah. then you know one just one that i i love you shafers thanks i love you all, I love all you of you too. you yeah. too sid Oh, yeah, Sip, we need you here too. We do need you here, Sip. And to lighten up the mood a bit, punch um, comes from a Sanskrit word meaning five. Um, and that's referring to the drink punch. So you've been looking oh. at this book here with a nice, delicious five spice punch recipe. <laughs> what, what, what book, Simon, are you looking at? Oh, actually, um, the title is very hard to parse where it is because there's a lot of words on it. But the edible beat, I believe, is what it is. Yep, called. it is yeah. the zine. Put out by the Edible Beats, which is our collaborator for our weekly rewind, and that is the zine that they do, and it's a dope ass cookbook. There's some recipes in there. There's like a caramel uh lollipop thing in the back. It's okay. really, there's not really actually my, food in the back, but I my, no, yeah, no, my it's dad jam between the pages, and my, there's drinks as well, which is super important for me. You, my also dad drink. ordered it, and he did the. I think it's the cre- It's it's the ribs recipe that's in there. My dad made that and said it was amazing. Um, yeah. So everybody, that's Simon. I w- I just want to. This is actually. Hang on. This is the first time in six years that he's graced us with his voice on the microphone ever uh, that's yeah. i was gonna say to everybody who's a um, avid listener of no simple road you understand what a big milestone this is for us to have simon on the show i don't even it's you, guys do. you yeah do the the listeners you'll understand like this is a big deal and it's not like oh we could never have simon on he lived with us of course but you're gone now and you're living your own life and like you can be a little bit more reflective because you're not here and you've just um, you just continue to bring us like gifts as, with your presence, and I'm so grateful to have you. <laughs> gifts with your presence, yeah. Get it? Yeah, oh, got it. I was being good. That was but, good. You know, and I've known ever since you were little that you were my guru, and I've always said that to you. And um, I just want to say thank you for helping me grow up as a parent and as a person. Mm, of course, that's very sweet. Mm-hmm. All right.
All, oh. all the, oh, okay, we got all the emotional stuff out yeah, the way. But I think it was like perfect to do this on Graham's episode specifically. This, yeah, this episode actually does start off heavy. Yeah. So Graham, I just want to thank you for being on the show because once we had, saw you on the Zoom call, it just made me feel so happy that we were doing the interview and then seeing your art that's both cute and a little spooky and heavy but also lighthearted um and so meaningful i'm just really great to know you and to start off our uh, year with you so we're thank gonna you, Graham. we're gonna get you all i know that was a long yeah. intro but it's a special occasion um we're gonna get you to the interview we're gonna do the business real quick and then we're gonna get you to the interview with graham uh, follow No Simple Road on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at No Simple Road. Go to www.nosimpleroad.com. That's where you can find out all the information about the show. You can sign up for a tarot reading with Mel and I with That's the Grateful right. Dead Tarot Deck. You can sign get up for merch. the newsletter. You can get merch. There's all kinds of fun stuff. There's our calendar of events that's up there. So there's our bios now. Yeah, Ooh, that too. Um, we do have if new you bios. Want to find out where we're going to be and come party with us? That's where you go. Oh. Calendar of events at no simple road.com or you can go to patreon.com forward slash no simple road. Now check this out. Producer Corey has been working his ass off behind the scenes, producing content for our Patreon, Patreon page. Yep. And so there is a joke of the week. Now he's taking surveys and getting ideas from all of you that are our patrons. He is also doing side roads and I'm going to, play you a little clip from side roads right now I was talked about your first psychedelic experience um on the show no yeah i'm sure i don't talked about it with i I don't think so i don't um if it's too personal we don't have no it's it's not it's fucked up but it's not too personal it's okay uh i was 12 so that's young yeah and um i had i have four older brothers uh and Two of them were, uh, I looked up to two of them a lot. Okay. Both of them were really involved in the punk rock scene in the early eighties in Vegas. What's the uh, age difference between you and these brothers? You know, I think one brother's like seven years older than me and one was like 12. Oh, okay. Seven years. Yeah. And so if you're 12, they're like young adults at this point. So hang on, let me let me figure this out. So yeah, my brother Eric was like six years older, and my brother Martin was like eight years older. Okay, all let's right, let's go there. And um, so yeah, they were like un eighteen to twenty one ish, and uh, they were going to the movies one night. We were at my dad's house, and um, I wanted to go with them as little brothers do, you know? Yeah. 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 And my brother, Eric was like, if you come, if you come with us, you have to eat this piece of paper. What the? Yeah. Okay. 
And I was like, okay. I had no fucking yeah, yeah. You're like no yes. frame of reference. Piece of paper, sure. I'm fine. You're gonna take me. The I want to hang out with my big brother and see yeah. the movie. And uh, we went. We went to go see Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And that is side roads. If you uh, become a Patreon supporter, you have access to that exclusive content now. So there Sweet. will be interviews with three of us. And I guess that's going to be an ongoing thing. On yeah. There. Well, I think maybe he was trying to like have a piece. But once you start talking about if you want to go to somebody's childhood, it's too long. Yeah. And it's we all have a lot of stories. Yeah. So three of us many. have a lot of stories. Oh, my gosh. And then also we are going to be uh, interviewing some local Grateful Dead cover bands and other interesting stuff. So yeah. Go over to Patreon. That's that's the bottom line. Oh, also, there's the Discord server. If you're a, a $5 or more supporter on Patreon, you are part of the Discord server. So go check that out, too. And before we leave the Patreon portion of the intro, I have to shout out John B. Ooh, John B. John B. Shout out. Look, up in his pledge. What? John B. upped his pledge to $50 a month on Patreon. That's a bill. That's... I'm talking yeah. about. That's a I'm talking oh. about if somebody believes in you, it's John B. believing in no simple road. Believing, believing. I, I like that word. It, it is not a word. It's what John does. <laughs> it is what John does. Well, John, John, has John, B. B. Has John B. believing. Okay, anyway, thank, thank you, John. John B. Believing. We love you, man. Aside, thank yeah. you, brother, for believing in uh. no simple road. And I'm really excited to do your special thing. Um, uh, it will be out. It's ominous, but oh, yeah. yeah. No, you're going to be getting I a like care to, package from the porch. Yeah, dude. he's getting a care package. Um. Well, if you want to do something that doesn't involve dollars and cents, that's sad. But you can go on Apple Podcasts Apple and leave us a review. Please. Yeah. And uh, no no new review this week. But thanks again to Ben, who was yeah, our brought a home at the right at the end of the month okay, with an man. amazing review. But in guess Gunnarsson, what? Colorado. It's reset now. It is February. February and it's your so turn. Please, you. somebody give us a February one. Hey, you with the hair. Your turn. You know what? You're Graham Yarrington's friend and you're listening to this podcast and you're excited to hear this interview and you're like, oh shit, I've never listened to No Simple Road before, but I'm listening to this because Graham's my friend. You're the person who's going to go to Apple and Podcasts like, and type in a review. Yo, dope interview with my friend Graham. Thank you so much. Here's your February review. That's what's going to happen. Do it once a month. And then when you're done leaving that review, then you can go over and dial up that tepid line. 971-808-1524. That number again is 971-808-1524. Operators are not standing by. It's a Google voice line. So there's a machine somewhere, a and server. It, and the, the beautiful thing about that is it's 24 hours a day. We've gotten a few of our best ones from people calling in at like 2 in the morning or something. That's right. Like just get when creative. you feel like you need to get something off your chest or share a joke or a story, whatever, hit us up. We love to hear them. Get naked. Call the tepid line. Scream at the stars. Get you crazy. can do it. Whoa. You can do all this Spread stuff. the place down, Pookie. Don't, don't waste oh. food. Don't, don't waste food. food. That's don't a good. Don't waste yeah. food. So here you are. You're 36 minutes into the show and you're like, we haven't even gotten to the interview yet. Well, guess what? Welcome to old school. No simple yeah, road. No shit. We used to go for like an hour and a half. <laughs> That's right. Well, here we go. Ready, everybody? Three. Wait, wait. Without right. further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you. Graham Yarrington. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> What's going on, man? Um, 
Not much. Um, wow. Nice to meet you guys on Zoom. Yeah. You too, brother. Mel, Mel Aaron Apple. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. Nailing it. Right on, for, okay. for everybody listening today, we have artist Graham Yarrington with us. He is the artist behind the Jerry Garcia uh, hey. uh, Hampton cover. And you've probably seen his posters out in the wild with people like Elton John and My Morning Jacket and Fish, Fish and the Divided Sky, other know. other amazing shit. And he mm-hmm. is part of the No Simple Road family I, now. I love that you you are our first guest we've ever had that did our introduction for us. Yeah, <laughs> you knew all three of our names and did it for us. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of times people Damn. don't know who we are, but they've never like like yeah, I like how um, you did. Well, that. I'm honored. Uh, <laughs> I was was doing a little. Sorry, what's up? No, no, oh, go no, ahead. You're, you're good. good. Go ahead. You said you were doing a little. Um, a no, little I was research? just. Uh, yeah, well, I was I was boning up on the pod, making sure I had your guys' names right, just because I was like, it's the least I could do. Oh, thank you. And um, is Graham our first guest of the year? Holy shit. Yeah, yeah you you're, are. You're our first interview of the 2023, Graham. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're oh, frozen. Shit. He's freezing. I think wow! Um, get, what an honor. Lag in the um, oh shit! It's an honor for us too, but yeah, we are lagging a little. A bit, little so tiny bit. To, it's okay. You know, we'll get more space in between our. Yeah, uh, you get to think about what you said and, and embarrass myself more that way. <laughs> so, Graham, <laughs> welcome to the show, man. Yeah. And uh, I, I have to say that like, you, how this came together was really <clears throat> kind of tripped out, man. Uh, we had had like a. We'd had a little party here at the house and it was the next morning and me and a, my friend Brady were standing on the front porch and you know, like Jerry Garcia band is amazing when you're a little hungover. And, uh, he was like, why don't you put on some Jerry band? And I was like, all right. And he said, uh, have you ever heard of Graham Yarrington? And I was like, no, I'd never heard of him. He's like, you got to see this artwork he did for the, for the Hampton thing. And so we went through this whole thing and, uh, I followed you on Instagram that morning and then like maybe a day or so later you, we connected and scheduled this. It was very serendipitous. It was really bizarre timing. Like on your end, that's crazy that your buddy just happened to bring me up. But I like, I know Phil Hanley, like I'm a fan and we're internet friends, I would say. Oh, okay. Um, And I saw that he was doing, you know, just from looking at the text of the title of your podcast, I was like, Oh, it's some sort of grateful dead pod. I haven't heard of. Um, and yeah, I listened to his episode. Um, and then I listened to the Billy strings episode and, uh, just, uh, liked your vibe. Um, I, I think I, I've, I had a lot of friends, you know, obviously being in the, see the jam kind of scene. I think we all have people that have been really close to us who have struggled with like any sort of addiction or problem. Um, so hearing, um, you, Aaron and Apple talking about how, you know, you 
you were on some hard times in the past, Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, managed to, you know, figure it all out. And uh, it just makes me really happy because I had, you know, some, some friends, all of them lovers of the Grateful Dead who passed away, like a couple of them from opiate overdoses. And it's just crazy, like, the more time that passes, the more I'm like, it's so insane how much more life there is to live. And like my buddy, my buddy passed away on my birthday in 2013. So I just realized like a day ago, I'm like, this will be 10 years since then. And I feel like 10 years ago, I hadn't lived any life at all. I mean, I feel like your, your twenties are kind of like when you ideally figure some shit out and yeah. So anyway, it makes me happy to see heads doing well and like, you know, promoting the idea that like, if you're, you know, if you're going through something or if you think you're in a hole, like you can always get out of it, especially if you have like, friends to help you or or good partners as the case may be yeah yeah she she's an angel literally and figuratively (laughs) i was was fortunate that i never you know desired nor had the opportunity to do any hard drugs and um i was always scared of it because my mom put the fear in us you know of anything whether it was like weed or anything heavy and so when i the it was easy to help somebody out of their temptation when you don't have any temptation of your own oh yeah if we you know been, like we yeah. we weren't thank thankfully we weren't like you know down the rabbit hole together because that's a whole such a hard thing oh yeah it's not impossible but um it's not easy and so i was you know luckily and gratefully that wasn't like that in my life so i can extend the hand to kind of pull someone up and out of that well also graham what you just said is really there's a lot of wisdom in what you just said about there's a lot of life you know what Mm -hmm. i mean that that that's not something that one sees when they're in that hole it's a yeah it's bleak and uh i i can really like it was a long time ago for me it was over 25 years ago and i can sit here right now and remember like re-feel the feeling of that hopelessness and it's so total and, and it's so hard to like, to reach out from there, even if you do have a partner or friends or a community around you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that like, that you picked up on, we're putting that down from No Simple Road is like, we're all here together and we're doing this life together. And the least we can do is help each other down the road as we go, because we all go through yeah. shit. You know what I mean? I was able to avoid hard drug addiction, but I think what I had that often goes with that is just like a deep depression. And like, you know, I think like suicidal ideations, no matter how trivial the reason, Mm -hmm. I think the older I get, the more I realize from people's reactions that it's like not entirely normal to have, stood on the edge of a building before and like looked off and been like, you know, just had insane thoughts. And, um, you know, luckily I always kind of kept in my head the idea of 
how guilty I would feel for putting that on the people that care about me just based on the friends I've lost from ODs and whatever. Like, I've never been the same and I still you need to work through that shit. And yeah. Dude. And your um, drawing or um, painting of that, you're losing your best friend is... Apple and I, we we, we didn't look at your art together, but this morning we were talking about it and he's like, oh, my favorite one. And it was that one. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the one that touched me, too. It's so sweet and so simple, but it says so much in such a beautiful non like it's not, uh, you know, sometimes when you say something, you can sound preachy or, you know, like it's in your face. This was just like such a sweet um, idea and such a great thought put it, out on, it made, on art. It made me feel better. Yeah. Like, look, literally looking at it, it made me feel good inside. And the timing, too, I lost my sister in 2012. So it's, you know, it's been a little oh. over a decade. And then when I, I saw that piece, knew nothing about it. And then when I read, you know, what, how that came about, it really hit home and it, and it made me feel good, man. Oh, that, that makes me so happy. Thank you for saying that. I mean, it's, it's something that I made when I was seeking that feeling of closure, but couldn't find it. You know, I was like, I want to believe that I shouldn't feel guilty and that I did everything I could and that he still, you know, my buddy still loves me and everything, but it's just so hard you know, to, to like, let go of those, all those moments you kind of replay of like, Oh, what, but what if, what if this, what if that? And I think I just wanted to make an image that was like, here's what I want is I want to like, even if I'm have my hands, my, my face buried in my hands and I'm crying, I want to be able to pretend that the people I love that have passed away, they're like right behind me with their hand on my shoulder. Just like, Hey buddy, you'll get through it. We're still here. Yeah, Um, totally. A hundred percent. And I, I, I really do believe that's true, man. I mean, I've had some psychedelic experiences that have, um, I don't know, taken me out of myself in a really profound and visceral kind of a way with like DMT and stuff like that. And, through those experiences i it's not even like faith at this point it's like understanding that the energy that makes up who we are what our um, unique individual piece of the universal whole is doesn't go away and i know that that it's attracted to the things that it was attracted to always and so they've that energy doesn't die it goes it transforms and i think those people are continually with us and always standing behind us brother yeah man i've i've been trying to so i've had this goal you know basically since my first friend passed away where i wanted to write a children's book about grief and dealing with like sudden deaths at young ages yeah what a great idea Thank you. Um, I mean, I I had one publisher on the hook, but then I I sent them like my pitch and they were kind of like, eh, nah. Uh. Um, but I, I think that's just because I hadn't quite I haven't quite cracked how to get the idea across. And one big 
the main concept I had was like, uh, sort of like a black and white story where only the spirits of the lost ones are in color. And there, there's some sort of like, you know, there's, there's a struggle. And then there's sort of a moment where they hug the spirit or they come to a moment of understanding. And then after that moment, the, the color is kind of like everywhere in Oh yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> How can that not be a good idea? Um, yeah, whatever publisher that is blew it. <laughs> I think. Well, dude, honestly, I like what I pitched was pretty different from that, and okay. like it was a little bit more. Like I looked up, I was doing like a hero's journey kind of concept, oh, okay. but I think since then I was kind of like, what are the core ideas of this story that are most important? Like, basically, what you just said, where like even though their physical form has disappeared, they're still very much here and you just kind of have to listen and watch for it and yeah. feel for it. Yep. It's way yep. more like um, synchronicities and, and, and well, and paying, a, paying attention too. Cause sometimes I think that like when people come into your um, memory or your thoughts, it could be nothing. Right. But, maybe it's like a specific memory of like, Oh yeah. When we went to Seven Eleven and got Slurpees on that hot day or whatever. And maybe it's the feeling and that entity that is gone now from this earth is like trying to like, I remember my, my father-in-law, he just called me and he didn't know he's going to put me in a good mood, but he did just by calling. And so I feel like memories like that can be like a spirit's way of like giving you something good, like a memory, like, Hey, do you want to go to get a burger together? but they can't do it physically, but there's still some level of communication that we can have because it, it really does happen. Like we were hanging out the other day and, and, um, Aaron's, um, stepmom came into our, our head and so did Apple's, um, sister. And, uh, you know, we rarely talk about them together period, but, but it was so profound in that moment that we were talking that it not only felt like they were there, but it felt like, it was supposed to happen. Like we were supposed to remember them for whatever reason. And I just believe that, you know, doing something like that for children, because they're so much closer to spirit than we Mm -hmm. are, would really help them to conceptualize in their little brains. What is happening? Because pictures and, and words can do so much to a little developing mind. And especially if it's something like heavy or hard to understand to see something adorable, like a cute little picture with a, a something that is simple could be really helpful in a lot of ways. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, the first like sudden death I dealt with, I remember being like, you know, it's always been apparent that our culture like is afraid to discuss death essentially and anything that surrounds it. But, um, yeah, I guess I was, you know, at 22 years old, I was like, there's really no like go to literature for this or any sort of like thing that's like the, Oh, you shouldn't read this. It might give you some insight to what you're going through. There's just like really not much of that. And, um, do you guys know who Harris Whittles is? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, well, 
I was a fucking huge fan of that guy. I mean, what a, what a bummer, bummer, bummer loss. Totally. But his sister wrote, um, an incredible memoir about, you know, having her brother be in the throes of opiate addiction while also being a super successful writer for television and would have been, um, uncle to the child that she had shortly after his death. Um, and it's just like, I don't think it's a book that really made me feel like, Oh, like I'm, I'm okay now, but just reading someone's uh, story that's basically exactly what I went through and kind of realizing that like anyone who's ever loved an addict in any way has gone through the exact same thing. So it's not like, you know, I'm alone out here dealing with this Mm. and like, what what a crazy thing to happen. It's like, no, everyone feels this way. Everyone feels the guilt and, you know, has the what ifs and whatever. Um, yeah. Hey, this is random, but I just have to say Apple, there's something about your voice that a, I love (laughs) and B, it kind of reminds me of, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in Boogie Nights. (laughs) (laughs) You are, you are not the first person to say that. I, yeah, that. I, Wait, I Philip Seymour Hoffman or him in Boogie Nights? The, Philip Seymour bo- Hoffman. Both. Uh, actually, both. Philip Seymour <laughs> Hoffman, the looks a lot and everything, but especially like that voice, that persona from that that Phil. Which that, that, that's, that's awesome. That's fucking dude. funny, Graham. <laughs> I, and I, I appreciate that because we all have like, like I, I kind of have a, we I mean, we all have an esteem thing. I don't like to hear my voice. Like when Still? I listen to, yeah, it, it it's weird hearing yourself. I think I sound like, I sound weird, but I hear that so much, and I I appreciate hearing oh, that. Dude. It, it makes me feel better about about speaking. Yeah, on the air, you should you should feel great about it. Also, now that I'm hearing you talk more, you know who you fucking sound like, dude. Who? Jeremy. Just oh to, shit! Really? You know he's got. I've he's heard got Jerry's voice described as silvery, and I feel like I'm getting the same. Wow, I just you just gave me goosebumps, dude. Well, hey, well let, now let let me throw mutual admiration, brother. Uh, I, I wanted to back up because you guys are just saying a lot, but one thing, um, ba- backing up to like me and Mel talking about the the piece we love, you know, your friend, uh-huh. and one thing about your artwork and looking through a lot of the pieces this morning, I had not seen one yet. I was scrolling, found at the bottom that spoke so much about the opiate thing is the hand that's severed with the hypodermic needle in it and like the stitches like that is so powerful but all your work is and and looking at it it it's it's alive like the the tendrils of the yeah there's like channeling going on it's alive what's the one that reminded me this morning kind of uh what is it gone too soon like it was kind of like the bambi one the fawn with everything, I mean, there's like life, death, everything happening, and it's alive. And then I showed Aaron one of them you you did with the black light on it because oh, I wasn't shit. thinking about that. How the way you create and the metallic and stuff when that black light hit your paintings, I want to see them all like that because then it comes to life even more <laughs> in a different way. 
your your artwork is very moving, brother. Has it has it always been therapeutic for you, art? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I uh, my parents were very like. Uh, you know, as when we were young kids, like we were only allowed like TV or screens like with them. And then once we got a little bit older, it was like limited to one hour of combined TV, computer, Game Boy per day. Wow. So um, I think just like their aversion to that stuff and also being a, a pretty strictly middle class family that like. I just spent a lot of time like alone in my room, like building Legos or drawing or reading comics. And uh, I think just over time, it more and more became like my safe place (laughs) where like no matter what's happening, like if I can just like doodle a little bit, it makes me feel a little bit better. Um, Even with like social anxiety, like, I'm like hanging out with a bunch of people and I feel kind of weird. If I would have my sketchbook, I'll just pop it out and start doodling. And then it's like, well, I'm basically no longer here. Dude. Graham, they've given you such a, a wonderful coping mechanism because I can identify with that. Like I love to, my book is not necessarily a sketchbook, but it has become that it was, I would always have my little book to just, write things that I remembered or thought about but the way that you're talking about using it like just in a situation if you have that it is like like another part or another person or another aspect that you can like give your energy to that helps with whatever else is around you I I remember as you were just telling us that like how you grew up I remember being a little kid I, I was maybe like five or six and like playing with star Wars figures and like being in my room a lot, listening to music as a kid playing with star Wars shit, Legos and drawing. And it was another world that I could go to when things were weird. I could always go there and make it any way I wanted it to be. Do you you get what I'm saying? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that like music played a really important role back then where like I didn't have, basically I only had a radio to listen to. So I would just put on the, the oldies station, which, you know, was like, you know, they do a lot of like Frankie Valley and stuff, but um, also the Beatles and the Beach Boys, which were like my two first like obsessions as far as like, this isn't normal level of just like, oh, I like how this sounds. It's like, I need to know everything about this and I need to hear all of it. Right. Um, so I think that kind of prepped me for when I was in like seventh grade, I think, and my my buddy that I grew up with down the street for me, he had a grateful dead greatest hits album. I know. So good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We just put that on and I was like, so 
kind of like bewildered by it. And yeah, small precursor to that was that um, under a train bridge that you had to pass under to get into the town I grew up in, someone spray painted a box of rain will ease the pain. Mm-hmm. And I saw that when I was like super young, like, you know, just learned to read basically. And I remember just like really internalizing it and being like, that's such a, it sounds so emo to me. And I, I assumed it was from like a hard metal song or something. And then years later I heard box of rain. I'm like, this is the most, one of the most beautiful songs ever. And then you hear the backstory of it. And it's like, you know, I think the, the reason the lyric carries so much weight is he was writing it about his dad who was passing away. But yeah, anyway, um, you know, it, they also came through Rochester a fair amount. I think there's like a pretty big appreciation for jam music here. So, oh yeah, 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 man, it slid it, right in. I'm I'm curious about something to you talking about like music and stuff. Can you like? Like, what was, like, your first shows you went to? Oh, dude, they're not great ones. Um, <laughs> that's a, they, hey. I, say, we my, all start somewhere, My first Graham. show was the Cars, dude, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's tough hearing, hearing like, Phil come on, talk about seeing Jerry, and I'm like, oh, I, I wish I saw him lift his leg, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, yeah I... I think my first show ever was the band OAR yeah. at the Armory here in Rochester. All right. Yeah, it was, I mean, I just remember, like, being so sick of standing by the end of it. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> well, what, what I always think when I see guys that are doing art like you're doing, I always wonder, especially when you, they'll do something for like Jerry Garcia band or fish or whatever, like you're a music fan first and an artist. And then you get asked to do this project. Like, what does that feel like to like, you know, you've got the gig now and now you've got to produce something for this amazing historical moment. Um, well, if I had thought of it that way, it would have been more difficult. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I don't have Uh, that gig. Um, well, I mean, the dead and specifically Jerry band, I've like, you know, I got extra, extra into JGB at the beginning of college and like got a bunch of shows and, you know, figured out a couple that I'm like crazy about um, and just kind of like unlocked a love for Jerry Garcia band that like is almost equal to the dead. It's just different. And it's like, just like, let's set a stage so Jerry can rip, um, which is sick. Um, But fish, I kind of like, I think I saw like 13 shows and the last one I went to was the Super Bowl at Watkins Glen. And um, I feel like, I don't know. I just sort of like had my fill. I also was obsessively trying to get on their roster of artists, like as a college student. And 
obviously I wasn't ready and my work wasn't really quite there. Um, but I think between just like feeling very rejected and kind of like, they're never going to want your shit. You should just not try. Um, I kind of just gave up and sort of like, not in any relation to wanting to make art for them, but just like listen to fish less. Cause I was living in Brooklyn and started going to like smaller shows at smaller venues. Cause it just, you know, it's cool to have that intimacy that you don't get in an arena all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really believe that it's because I stopped trying so hard to get them to notice me that it worked out. <laughs> you um, played coy yeah. and then all of a sudden you're the hot guy that people want. <laughs> well done. Yeah, basically. Good job. Um, but man, I mean, there were so many times that I would like look at their posters and just be like, if I could just do one, I will feel like I have made it. Aww. And, you know, like the first the first email i got from the fish art director i like immediately texted my buddy who like were he's the one i first listened to the dead with um and you know just losing my shit uh (laughs) and and getting to work with them not just one time i mean is crazy and you know the the, I made like two official Grateful Dead shirts and those were both, you know, the first one was kind of like, holy shit. Like, I, I cannot believe this. Um, <laughs> all this is to say that like the Hampton box set, when I got that email, I started crying. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's proper, understandable. Proper. Hell yeah. Cause like, I just, you know, I think it it just got me thinking about what we were talking about at the beginning, like the people that, that I've lost or that we've lost over the years where it's like, I'm no better of an artist than, or person than any of my friends who passed away. And just, you had a little moment of like, if I could get this from just hanging on this long, like, it's, it's just crazy. And it, it far, far like exceeds any dream I could have had for myself. Cause it's, it's just like, you know, best case scenario, I'd be like, I'd love to do album art for them, yes. like a yeah. single image. Um, so getting to do the whole, the whole fucking thing and, it was a lot of work because I did all the graphic design for the box as well. But ultimately I was glad because it was like, this is all up to me. I'm making the print ready file. So like no one's going to fuck with it. And if there's any errors, it's kind of on me. And if it looks dope, it's also on me. Yeah, so, man, yes. That's fucking cool, Graham. That, mm-hmm. that feeling, I know what you're talking about, about like getting the email and crying. I, I, there was a back before the pandemic, I think it was 2019. Uh, we podcasted from Terrapin Crossroads before it closed. And, and, uh, whoa, I remember what Mel and I were driving down our street, leaving the house 
and I was just bawling. I was like, holy shit. It's like we got invited to Phil's living room to perform and the they're trusting us to to do it right and do it well and like this thing that's been a part of my life for 30 whatever years is allowing me a seat at the table for a moment and it was so big and such like a crazy just crazy thing that was happening i couldn't believe it and it, that feeling of making it and like wow we we actually did it you know what I mean? And that chi- that childlike anticipation and nervousness. That too. But I, I remember when we were set. It was, but it's like almost kind of shaky, but not in a bad way. Like it's like energy going through. Yeah. You. We were setting up and it's like, oh my gosh, we are actually here doing this. Yeah, it was, it was wild. And, and there's something very special about the, grateful dead community and the family that surrounds it and the way that the business side of it works and, and how it, um, it it almost like selects people in the community on its own. It, It feels like, like you're just doing your thing and you're doing it with positive intent and, putting your love out into the world. And this thing is wired to respond to that in some weird way. I feel like. Yeah. um, I mean, I really feel like it's a world that feeds into itself. And I also, in my experience, it's pretty unique for any art director to care at all. If whoever's making the art likes what it's for. Um, So, was that a it's thing? like i mean it's just you know a lot of companies a lot of bands or just whatever the arts for they hire a company that sources the artwork for them so they're not you know the band that you're working for is one of maybe a hundred clients they have so there really is no they they want the work to be good but whether or not you listen to the band they really they have no stake in that whereas for the the jerry box you know the the grateful dead projects like really any dead associated thing they they really like it if you are a fan and it it like amplifies the experience for everyone which is i think why they keep it, it kind of keeps feeding itself because everyone's hyped, you know, everyone's hyped to be there. There's also something that is unspoken in the Grateful Dead community. And for somebody that's a good artist or even a great artist that doesn't listen to or hasn't been a part of that scene, even if they've put out an awesome picture, the spirit is left out of it. And so somebody who's been to a show, who's been around that or has grown up listening to it, there's this little bit something extra in your finished product, whether it's your art or a podcast or, you know, whatever that a person that hasn't been through that just, it's not a negative thing. It's just like, they don't have that. It's it's like being on the inside of an inside joke. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, exactly. Like those little, um, you know, idiosyncrasies or those little, um, ways that you can connect with people without, you know, being telepathically and stuff like that or, how the song means multiple things to you at one time. Like 
if you don't ever go to a concert and feel that you can't really convey that in your art because you don't you don't have it to give what is a city without its music the legacy of the new york philharmonic is incredible nearly two centuries of history that's a lot of music and a lot of stories i was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking i can't quite believe this is happening Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, um, I don't, I, I wonder if you guys will agree with me about this since you've been, you know, into the dead for considerably longer than me, also alive a little bit longer, maybe. <laughs> um, but like I've always felt like the longer I keep it close to my heart, mm. the more I genuinely believe that like you know I'm I've read as many biographies about the band and its members as I can as I have been able to get my hands on, um, and you know even just if you watch like the long strange trip that doc it's like very apparent that behind the veneer of sunshine and happiness there was always a darkness um and like especially just for our god jerry you know he's like at, at the same time he's like a just like this shining sun but he's also like a dark moon when you hear about what he was like behind the scenes like you know he's like yeah i mean it's just it's just really interesting and i feel like this is why the people who really 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 love the dead a lot of us have like a bit of like a a darker piece to us or an awareness of darkness in the world. Oh my God. Um, Absolutely. That, that, that was the, the thing that got me about Jerry. I mean, apart from the world exploding psychedelic experience that I had at my first show, <laughs> um, was, it was sweet darkness. It wasn't, it wasn't aggressive and it wasn't angry and it wasn't mean, but it was dark. You know, the way that I see it or like my interpretation is, is that, um, it was honest. Yeah. That's, that's and the, the, the yeah. thing is, is that, you know, I think we all want to imagine ourselves in a field of beautiful flowers and running carefree and having this elation, yeah. but those those moments absolutely happen but then there's like you know if you're old enough to remember the smurfs when gargamel comes in and it's like the music changes and it gets (laughs) dark and like the wind comes in and now everything's like that in life we all have darkness in our relationships in ourself in our families and to because grateful dead was such an all-encompassing community 
it also embraced it and accepted that darkness. And so it's, it wasn't something to like shun or put away or even hide. It was something that was celebrated and was like, yep, that's a poor guy that freaking, you know, yeah, he's, he's a tragedy, but we still love him, dude. And you know, he can come, I'll give him a piece of fruit when he comes by. Like listen to work (laughs) and, or listen to Stella blue and, Tell me that there isn't, or Black Muddy River, oh, yeah. and tell me that there isn't darkness there. And talking, like Mel just said, that's really well said, babe. Like, honest. It's it's not trying to bullshit yeah. you or paint a pretty picture of the struggle. The struggle is there, but there's also the ability to to speak it. And I think that's like, honestly, man. Like right from the jump when we got on the call with you today, what we're talking about is that the ability to share that thing makes us feel that we're not alone. And that is what creates the community that, that holds this whole thing together is shared experience and understanding that we're not alone in this crazy, long, strange trip that we're on. And it also, the Grateful Dead's music also offers comfort. You can sit there and sing Black Muddy River or Stella Blue laughing and crying. Like you can work out so many emotions that are both dark and light in a song. So it's like, it's being honest about the culture and about our struggles as humanity. But then it's like, let's sing about it together. Let's dance it out. Let's hold hands with our neighbors. Let's share a freaking joint. Like it's, it's not just desolate and, and feeling like you're You're at the end of a road and there's nowhere else to go. It's like, no man, we're all having a shitty day, but come over here and let's dance and let's put on a fun outfit and let's go for it. (laughs) And that, that, that's what it is to me. All like what you guys are saying, it's all encompassing of everything like, like there is, there is beauty and life in death. There is death in life in life and beauty, and it encompasses everything. Like Melda said, that's one thing about their catalog. Every single song they've done can touch you in the way you need it to when you put it on, when you're in that mood. If you're down or you're up, like Stella can be, it can make you cry and dig down into your darkest parts, but it can also be a celebration at times when you're feeling that and needing that and just hit knowing that he was so, I mean, we all, everybody's human. He was so human and so idolized. And like when he, when he opened his mouth, just every, nothing else mattered. Worlds exploded. Yeah. And it brought so many people together, you know, to this day. Can you imagine the strength it takes to like inner strength? It takes to, be feeling so shitty inside and go out in front of thousands upon thousands of people and perform like I don't even want to call it a performance because I don't know that know that it was performing but like being honest about who he was in in the moment of music and like when you feel like shit you want to retreat you want to hide you don't want to be in front of people like almost like you know showing all your stuff but nevertheless, him and everybody else did that. And that's one of the wonderful things about the Grateful Dead that I've always loved is that, you know, no matter how you're feeling, you're accepted there, period. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's just an amazing community. I really I can't imagine what my life would be like if I had never found it. Um, and uh 
Yeah, I mean, this is maybe a weird comparison to make, but the only thing that I feel is similar is the um, community of, like, traditional tattooers that, like, there's a lot of people who do, like, kind of the weird type of stuff that I like, and, like, kind of, like, everyone's friends, and, like, it's just... I think like when you're there, I don't know, being someone that clearly is collecting tattoos, I think maybe that that makes everyone feel at more at ease because it's kind of honest. It's like I'm no matter who you are as a person, I would be here wanting your work. Oh, so okay. are you like let's let's just hang and you know, a lot of the times I'm I'm a very chatty uh, tattoo client. I, I love talking. I, I have a, a lot of questions. Uh, yeah. Are you are you learning to tattoo or are you just a collector? Um, I'm just a collector. I you know it looks really hard. It looks so hard. Um, it's I it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I've had like people say they would like let me tattoo them. Obviously I'd probably like to do a quick shitty one on my upper thigh first. Um, but it's just, I don't know, man. It's one of those things where I'm just like, I'll leave it to the professionals yeah, and focus I, on Aaron, what I know. When I was younger, I tattooed for I've, for I've a got few a couple years. pieces from Aaron on me and it's funny. We both looked over each other when you said, I'll start with like, you know, a shitty one on my upper thigh. I have a huge shitty tattoo on, my on his upper, upper thigh. thigh that he did <laughs> to himself. Yeah. It's, it's like, Graham, if I could explain it like anything, tattooing is like trying to draw with a, a, a ballpoint pen on the surface of the water. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, even just like spreading the skin properly so that you can yeah. do it, it. It's just the whole, I don't know. I have enormous, enormous respect for tattooers and tattooing as a craft. And I just kind of oh, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like I revere it so much that like, you know, I'm honored anybody would be like, yeah, you can try tattooing me. But I'm also like, you should get one from this guy. Yeah. He's, he's really good. <laughs> one, and it, bl- it blows my mind every time, like the people that do portraits. Oh, yeah, dude. That look so it's like you're that's not a canvas that you can like take your time with and like i mean if you can't and you can't erase anything no no and it's on a person that moves like aaron aaron did one on my back i love it it's my favorite one it's the only one i I, it means a lot to me did it i was 19 and you were like 17 it's the built for last built or built built for built to last (laughs) one with the sword and there was time aaron was learning and I fucking jumped because he is hitting nerves and he's like, Oh shit, brother, that there's mistakes in it, <laughs> but it also symbolizes like where we were at at the time. And yeah. I just loved the. I was like, dude, I want the built to last. That means a lot to me. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. But to this day, I look at, you look at the work that's out there now. Some oh, of these artists, that's why I stopped with, with the space. <laughs> and I, I mean, they make it look like somebody's arm is fucking missing and there's space in there yeah. and shit. It's, and, it's crazy, but you know, Graham, you said you you revere those guys. I have to tell you, bro, what you do with paint and watercolor is equally as fascinating. Yeah, something to be revered. Yeah, to be able to fine line watercolor or Uh. or like 
control where that's going. I love that, Graham, so much. It's it's <laughs> bananas to watch. Oh. I'm an artist too, by the way, but like that, that's bananas to see. I, I can't even oh, like fathom you so how much. you do it, man. That, I, I was telling him today we were watching, I was like, okay, watercolor specifically, you put that, the you know, the brush down and then it spreads. And so to be able to be, to know where and how it's going to spread that is to me that it just, it looks like magic. It, it's such, yeah. and then to see the fine line uh, painting that you're doing and there's multiple like layers of color and one's pink and yellow and green and to have them so neatly, perfectly stacked against each other. It just says a lot about the time that's, that one would take to do something. Like you can't rush that. That's not like, oh, I'm going to whip that up quick. It just says a lot about that detail-oriented um, nature. And it's such a treat to watch you do that. Oh, thank you so much. And that's a, a good point you bring up that it's not something that can be rushed. And when I was in college, I was making work that looked very different from this. And it was kind of just like cartoons, um, but painted ones. And I had a professor look at my line work on the piece I did. And he was kind of like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Um, your line work looks like a little sloppy. I think you just need to like uh, have more patience. It's <laughs> like, Okay, that's like the most simple and complicated advice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think he really had a point in that, like, there's certain things that you just like can't rush through where, you know, in, in most, if not all of the paintings I make, even if I'm like, this one doesn't matter that much. So I'm going to like do it as fast as I can. I still end up sitting down and treating it the exact same way I do everything. Um, I think uh, it also, I got a good advice from a professor, a different professor once where he was looking at the piece I made for the class and one of the corners, there was just kind of like, nothing there really. And he was like, yeah, like when you're designing something, every inch of the image matters and builds the image as a whole. So if you have a corner that you barely considered, it's going to take points off the whole piece for anyone that's looking at it pretty much. So I think I really internalized that as like, every inch of this needs to be considered when I'm sketching every inch needs to be considered when I'm doing the ink wash and it all needs to be considered when I'm doing the acrylic wash. Um, That's, that's saying a lot. That's also a life lesson. That's That's a huge, this is a silly thing, but the other day I was just like, you know, it's 2023. You start to kind of move your house around shift things. And we had a bookshelf that I had placed on the ground and I was just looking at that corner and I decided to elevate the bookshelf and put something else down on the ground that actually showed the floor. And it made such a like overall, um, it it felt like a big sigh in the living room where I did this. It (laughs) It felt like there was like all this extra space and it was also aesthetically pleasing too. And so I just bring that up because it, it in, 
you know, treating like your house, like, like a painting or like your art, like it's every part of your life. You can have that type of patience and that type of like, um, attention to, and not that you need to go overboard and start freaking out over every square inch of your home, but something like that small and trivial made a enormous, like, like I said, sigh or, um, difference just by paying attention to it. And so that's a really cool thing as an artist that, you're constantly paying attention to smaller things and small things make big things happen. Um, yeah, I really relate to that. Somehow I'm able to miss lots of things as well, but, um, yeah, I, I just relate in the sense of like decorating a house. Um, my, uh, intense focus with designing paintings, um, translates in a kind of difficult way to decorating a space, especially when I'm cohabitating with my lovely partner, because I'm like everything, this wall needs to have one piece, this size, another one, this size, (laughs) and then another one to bookend it. And then it'll be good. And she's like, I just want to, the art on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) This is, you just, this is funny. You just explained it. And, Christmas Day we, in our house. We we have a lot of, well, well, now we all do, but I've always collected posters and we had needed to redo our, well, we have a really tall vaulted ceiling upstairs. and I'll send you a picture of it when yeah, we but, but we had to collectively, the three of us come to, when we, when we end up getting to the point of completion, we all agree on it, but getting to that point is a clusterfuck <laughs> of forgetting, like, no, I think that metallic one that there you know like like and and you have to have balance between the circles through the middle bro and i'm i'm (laughs) i'm more uptight i'm not uptight i'm more about the like symmetrical i think think mel's a little more (laughs) mel's a little more like your partner like i just want the fucking beautiful artwork on the wall can we come to an agreement and make this happen graham this is the the short part of before this happened was (laughs) this wall had been needing to be done for so long and I purposely took a, um, a poster out of the middle of the wall and left everything to disrupt, it. to disrupt it exactly to make it so that we could like she made us have to do it finally do it and, then, <laughs> and nobody else was doing it so I finally was like well fuck that that poster, Apple, that Apple poster, was gone. The poster missing was missing for like a month and a oh, half. Uh, way more we than had, a month and a half. We had friends coming over being like, what the fuck's with the hole in the middle of the wall? There's nothing there. <laughs> and I'm like, well, until we do it, I'm not putting anything there. And then when he came home, he, was, he went out for Christmas for a moment. We came back. All the posters were on the floor. On the floor. And I'm like, like fuck it's, that. I go, babe, it's, it's Christmas. It's not poster time. <laughs> but it, it worked. We it pulled together within a half hour. The wall was beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, I just, I feel like I've heard the exact thing from my partner where it's <laughs> blank. It's not poster time. And I'm like, it's always poster it's time. Always poster <laughs> yeah. Time. Now, I, I want to say, I want to segue into something because we're talking about wall. This has been on my mind. I wanted to ask oh, you, uh, yeah, like, okay, you're, you're, you know, you have your studio, you're doing all the artwork you do. And then all of a sudden you have to take that. I'm wondering how it happened the first time and how do you take your artwork? All of a sudden somebody wants you to do an entire wall because your murals Um, are amazing. Thank you so much. I mean, it's really uh, the area of my practice that I need to put the most work into Mm -hmm. because it's I'm 
it's a new medium to me, spray paint still compared to working with a brush. Yeah. Um, yeah. In okay. So I need to shout out two mural artists, one squid liquor. They are just an incredible force of nature and just such cool ideas in their murals. Um, and also amazing skill. And the other is Steen Jones and his murals are like, it's like sailor Jerry tattoos kind of like as a mural and his technique of like line work combined with like using aerosol gradients to like replicate spit shading and tattoos. Um, so I looked at his work and I thought like, if he's making it look like ink in that way, maybe I could make it look like ink in the way that I like to work. Mm. Um, so I bought some spray paint and this dude I knew in Brooklyn took me to an abandoned building somewhere in Queens. And I was there for maybe like five hours, just like trying to learn how to spray properly to control and, the can and all that. Yeah. And, uh, I ended up painting a wolf that day that turned out like pretty good, decent. And, uh, then some, this, this, uh, woman, Tracy Glazer, who was my graphic design teacher in high school, she hired me to paint a mural at this elementary school where she's now the principal um, which was, you know, really felt like throwing me a bone at the time. Um, so I, I made like my first professional mural for her. And then the day I finished, she asked me if I could come paint another wall the next day. Cool. Um, Damn. so, you know, it was a ton of work. Painting murals is very, very physical and, you know, it, it, after doing it enough times, it gives me the same rush as getting a tattoo. So as you can imagine, I love painting them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just have slowly kind of continued getting as many mural jobs as I can. Also in Brooklyn, I painted my rooftop like a ton of times and like, even buffed my own mural a couple times to repaint it something different. Um, so I was kind of doing that to sort of like keep, keep my, uh, knife sharpened. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the mural I just painted in Palo Alto, which by the way, it's next to the former site of the Keystone Palo Alto. Oh, shit. Um, so they have like that building, the new one there has like a portrait of Jerry in the lobby. And I was like, fuck yeah. Um, but yeah, they, some awesome person that follows me, uh, their friends were opening this tabletop gaming store and he recommended me to these folks and they reached out wanting the mural. This was in July, I think. And, uh, they wanted it in September, I believe. Um, and like, I was, you know, I pitched them a number that I was like, this is what I think 
I deserve, but we'll see if they go for it. Um, cause I, I had a mural job years ago, like in 2018 or something where my friend's uncle said he wanted a mural for his huge, like loft in downtown LA. He's a very wealthy gentleman and I sketched up stuff for him and did all this work and then gave him like a detailed proposal and asked for X amount. And he basically was like, I'll give you like 8% of that. Whoa. I hope you didn't. Not in those words. He just threw me back a very insulting number. And, you know, basically was like, I thought you were going to fly to Los Angeles, paint me a mural and then fly home for two grand. And I was like, Oh, and take home nothing. Cool. Um, so yeah, basically I pitched the same number to the new clients or last year. And when they said yes, it was kind of like, Hey, I finally got my due. I, Hell I can get on. what I deserve. Yeah, um, stick to your guns. Art, and- it's such a weird thing too, because it's art is nebulous. Like it, the value of the piece is based upon the appreciation of the person purchasing it yeah. and the, work that the artist put into it put together do you know what i mean so if the person purchasing the piece isn't feeling the work that you put into it it's not worth it so and every art piece that an artist creates is their baby so it's hard it's really hard and to this i wanted to say this to you man like i saw one of your posts that um you said it's, I, I think it was five years ago you quit working a day job and did started doing art full time. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just <laughs> wanted to tell you, dude, congratulations, Graham. Like, fuck yeah, brother. It, it's terrifying to do that. And I've been putting it off now for ever. <laughs> 51 years and uh well you know they're from a different generation and you know i think that with the older you are like you know past your 40s and stuff like that you are kind of breaking away from what you've learned so it takes a lot longer to kind of do things that are out out of the ordinary but for somebody who's younger who doesn't have those rules who didn't live by those rules may have an easier time accessing that Mm. confidence because they didn't have to grow up thinking that it was one way or another. Was it, was it difficult to make the decision? Um, yes, it was. Um, of course, both my parents being parents were like, you really should keep some sort of job. Um, but you know, that's not, lack of encouragement really it's just like Practical. we don't want you to come asking for money in two weeks <laughs> yeah um, that's fair uh yeah and i mean they don't really have money to give me so i i get it um but uh yeah i mean i was working at an ice cream shop full time i was waking up at like 4 30 or 5 to get there by 6 and um I fucking hated my life. Uh, just like I love food and I love cooking and I love working with food. And I actually, part of me does love working in kitchens, but 
through mismanagement, personal life stuff, I just wasn't having a good time. And uh, on the side, the whole time having this full-time job, I was making art as much as I could, submitting to things, you know, getting a couple like features and things here and there, just like blogs or whatever. Um, And then I went out to Los Angeles for this thing called the Cho Show. You know, do you guys know who David Cho yeah. is? Yeah, yeah. He did this thing where he was like, I'm doing like a, an immersive experience and you have to apply to it. And if, if you're accepted, like, oh, it's a big deal and yada, yada. Um, there's more to that story, but I'll power through it. And I, <laughs> I went to L.A. Um, and I ended up hanging out with my friend who was a classmate at Pratt. Her name's Kristen Lu Wong, and she's an incredible artist and illustrator. And I was hanging out with her and her partner and just talking about art and talking about my job and wanting to leave it. And she was kind of like, "If you'll be amazed by the strides you take when you leave your job. And those strides like will... I don't know if she said this, but those strides will help make up for any lost time or income from you leaving whatever job. And uh, so I get back to New York and I had lunch with an old professor who's just an above and beyond type guy. So he'll still have lunch with old students. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. And he, he was kind of like, I was just telling him about my experience in LA and he, he also had my friend as a student and telling him what she said and describing like, my art career is kind of ramping up and it's starting to be more work than I can handle doing a full-time job. And the teacher goes like the, the parent in me wants to tell you to be safe and keep your job. But the artist in me is, I think all signs are pointing to yes. It seems like this is your time to take a jump. And You know, I had another professor, this awesome fucking guy named Mr. No, who I saw him over the summer at school once. And he gave me this off the cuff kind of just wisdom about life and like being an artist. And he was just like, luck is a huge part of this. And there's going to be a time when the train pulls up. And you need to know to get on it at that moment. Mm. Um, And I think that, yeah, just that all those things kind of laid a foundation for me to have the confidence of like, this feels like that moment. And I don't know when else it would be, if not now. So I went for it and uh, had a part-time job helping being an artist assistant for a little bit, but he ran out of stuff for me to do and had to let me go. So then I got another part-time job at a fabrication shop with my buddy. Um, But, you know, ultimately left that to be more poor, but get to make more art. And uh, yeah, it was really stressful living strictly month to month for a long, long time. Um, you know, basically 
four years or it wasn't until oddly the pandemic that I was like started to stabilize a little. That's so weird that I was wondering that today actually. Cause well, when I read that, I was like, I wonder how the pandemic affected him. And then I thought, well, people were home paying more attention to stuff like that. So maybe it helped. Well, yeah, that, and also like the, like, opening up unemployment to a much larger group of people. I think me and like, I don't know how many other artists for the first time in their life got to just like have money kind of taken care of in a way and get to just like focus on doing their thing. And I think like that little boost, it was like the first time I ever had a decent amount of money in savings and Obviously that goes up and down, but you know, ever since then I've just been able to have a better grasp of things. I also feel like it might just line up with like, you know, the pandemic was when I did my first art for fish. So I I'm sure it's no coincidence that ever since then things have slowly been picking up. Yeah, dude, I'm we're proud of you yeah Graham. man i'm yeah. proud of you brother yes <laughs> we really are what a at such a young age you know like you've taken some really big risks and have had had some really hard early life lessons and you had some really great um parenting it sounds like as well and so all of those things combined you know in addition to your natural talent and ability to take small and large risks is a really great person that we're talking to today. And I just want to say thank you because your art is to me so playful and adorable, it's, but serious. Oh, and thank and, you so much. Metal. Yeah, man. I, when I saw your art, I was like, Oh my God. Like it feels like a baby that I want to hold. It's, it's, <laughs> it's that it, sweet darkness. It, but, and then, yeah, like then it's like kind of like these little monsters and like, Oh, these cute little monsters, <laughs> He's a monster. but, but it's serious. It's, I don't want to demean it. It just has such a lighthearted, sweet, um, feel to it. But the messages and the messaging behind it is also very serious. And it, it just is very unique and refreshing um, to see your art. And I really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing it. Thank you. And uh, Aaron, I'm going to keep sweet darkness in my head as uh, I feel like I've never heard it. The dead or my work summed up that way. And I really liked it. Good. It, yes. Yeah, man, it, it is. And I, I wonder like how much of one is in the other kind of thing. Like, if that is your uh, process, like your brain's way of of putting that vibration back out into the world through your art, I think maybe so. And it's cool. And I think that's what like with folks like me, when I see it, that's what resonates with me is like, oh, I know this. You know what I mean? Also, I love your long yeah. legs and long arms on stuff. <laughs> That's one of, it's one of my favorite. Like you that. drew this one little tiny. It's in one of your photos, and it's not even the main character. The, the little adorable um, uh, Dracula is my favorite thing. It is. The, oh, I love him, and he's like again, he's like a tiny little thing inside of a gorgeous photo or a gorgeous image. But I just have to say that because he's the sweetest little thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Thank you so much. I I remember painting that, and I was like, all right. 
the the pumpkin monster is scary as fuck, but the trick or treaters are going to be adorable. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> nice job. I got that I, out of there. I, just, I, I wanted to say thank you also for giving us some of your time for for sharing yourself with us in the world and what you do and making me making me have feels from what you do and oh, also man. making me feel a little better about my voice, brother. Right on, Jerry. Dude, you have also, an amazing voice. We all love it. Thank I you. can't Graham, hear the Jerry thing now, man. The last <laughs> question that I did want to know is what was your first tattoo? Um, it was a dagger that I drew that my friend who it was his first year tattooing, he put it on me. Okay, hold on. And I'm going to turn the video back on. Turn your video back on. I want to see. Can we see okay. it? Is it somewhere we could see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Okay. hey. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Do you have a favorite? Um. Wow, that's a that's a tough. That's a toughie. Um, can I can I show you my stomach? Yeah, I have a pretty crazy yeah. stomach tattoo. Yeah, All yeah. right. Fuck yeah. Oh what? Oh, shit, dude. Wow. Talk about those old timey tattoos. Yeah, I got a. Oh shit! Wild chest Everybody out too. there, go go to his Instagram. What's on? Yeah, the, okay, see Graham. What's on the top of that skull? The way that it's coming over. Like, what is that? It's a ladder. It's a. There's like a rainbow. Oh, whoa! And then it it turns into smoke and a ladder. The the that's a tattoo. The stomach's by Eddie Deutsch, and the chest is by Aaron Carmody. And he made this. He kind of tailored the sketch for me. And it's it's like man's journey is what's the outside of the skull. Um, I love tattoos, man. Yeah, yeah they're incredible. fucking great. They are fucking great. Um. <laughs> Um, you have dude, any- thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, of course. My, my first podcast ever. What? And, uh, oh, shit. Right. Yeah, I, it's I, not going to be your last, Graham. No, it won't be your last for sure. <laughs> uh, do you have um, any, any plans of coming out west anytime soon to Pacific Northwest? So I, you know, always wanted, to, I've never been to Portland. I want to go there. And uh, my partner's from Long Beach, but essentially hasn't properly visited any part of california since she was a kid and she's never been to northern california which is just good shit yeah um good shit. It is. so i think yeah i mean oh well we got a puppy two days ago uh, so you're not going anywhere i got my hands full but, yes. but we we're, we're coming out as soon as possible yeah. well, when you do i'll send you my hit number us man. Up, hit man. us up you got you got a place to come crash We'll do. And yo, um, send me your, send me a mailing address. I want to shoot you guys a little print. Okay, cool. Okay. Thanks. We'd love man. it. We'd love Hang it. it up proudly. Yeah, man. Enjoy <laughs> the rest awesome of your day, Saturday, Graham. man. <laughs> Thank you. It was great talking with you guys. Talk to you Lots soon, of love. Thank you, Graham. Right on. Wow, man. You know, I. What a feel good conversation. Yeah, like it started with talking about real shit immediately and just what a gem what a great yeah. fucking guy man Aww, and what a great his, how his lucky work, are his parents we could obviously we, we could have gone on like right at the end i wanted to say and when he brought up like congratulations on getting the new companion the little puppy because that's another one of his mm-hmm. pieces of work 
when he lost his dog, yeah. the the sweet painting, the sweet like artwork that comes out of him when it, when a lot of it is dealing with loss and pain. What an he, amazing he way to channel beauty it. to it. Yeah, he brings something to it that I haven't seen in uh, artwork. You know, it didn't didn't sound like growing up was easy. Um, it sounded like his parents were pretty strict, and in the moment. That sucks when you're a kid. It's fucking hard. Yeah. And you, you know, whatever that makes you feel, it makes you feel. But like inadvertently, they gave him his life's gift. They yeah. they forced it, him it to find him to his gift. It allowed him to hone his skill that maybe otherwise when you're watching TV for four hours a day or, or playing internet, you are not playing it, but like, you know, video games or whatever, you don't. Yeah, playing internet. Yeah, yeah. You, can, <laughs> you just sound yeah, yeah. so old. No, I like I, that. Playing <laughs> internet. That, but that, <laughs> that kind of brings it into a. But yeah, like y- you're not, you're not going to be doing things like that that are like um, analog you know what I'm saying? It, it takes so much time away and hours slip by so quickly that you're not going to sit down f- with a line drawing for four hours. No. It's just you're not watching somebody else's yeah, creativity and exactly. you're being entertained instead of entertaining yourself and creating See, a like, world. Dude, being a parent is so hard because <laughs> you're trying to think of the long game and the kid is living in the now and there's no long game. Everything's for right now. And it's frustrating, especially if you are not allowed to stick up for yourself or talk or if you're you know I'm not like saying your that, mom shut up yeah like my mom like you know be fucking quiet or whatever but like that's a being able to have that discipline whether you wanted it or not years later to be able to look back and be like wow I was able to create so many things from that and also like it's a special thing getting the opportunity to talk to um People like Graham and and I don't know why, but like Dogs in a Pile comes to mind. Aggie comes to mind. Daniel Donato comes to mind. Um, the vibe of the scene is in really good, <laughs> solid hands. Like these mm-hmm. folks have a really grounded and real understanding of what the thing is. They're not... It's not high-minded. They're not deifying anybody. They're, 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 um, they really get it is what I'm trying they to say. They love it. And, and love it. Yeah. Well, and and, and are had, taking the love a lot. You had asked that question, like, you know, about having that work for dead or fish and how important and like, that was a perfect response. Well, if I would have thought about it that way, it probably would have been so hard. Like the, the fact that when you're younger, you're just more acting instead of contemplating about what you're going to do and that in that moment all that time that you think about something to when you put it out so many things can happen to prevent you from putting it out but if you just do if you just like write the poem and and speak it or draw the art and show it in that moment it's so pure and unfettered instead of like well if I put this piece of art are people going to like it or they're going to like this color and so we're we're that ability to just shoot and just do it is something that I really admire about the younger generation. Yeah. And a I, lot. I'm just so fucking impressed with the artwork, man. Like 
This is my artwork for you, Graham. I wish you guys could see Mel. Oh yeah, <laughs> she she drew Graham a, a little caricature of him, and he's wearing a T-shirt, and the T-shirt says "Art Helps," <laughs> and he's got the long limb that, like you're talking about, the hand reaching up, painting. Be be patient with your lines. I love the Garcia band. Heroin is not for me. Squid liquor. Shout out to Squid liquor. Oh, okay. I'm a good worker. Legos, comics, and drawing. <laughs> Cute. That's, I oh. like that way what he said, like uh, squid liquor, that the amazing and it's like that's an amazing, that's an awesome name. Hell yeah, you're gonna be pretty. You gotta be pretty rad to back up the name like squid liquor. Hey, squid liquor. Um, hey, thanks, Graham. Yeah, Graham. Yes, thank you, right Graham. on, brother. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, like first of all, that was awesome. You know, we would have never had you on had you not reached out. So. Thank you for being bold, and we appreciate that kind of behavior around here. Yeah, man, yes. for reals. And uh, for everybody out there, go follow him on Instagram. Uh, somebody give me the the tag. I know. Okay, well, it's I'm blowing um, it. We're gonna give it to you right now. Uh, but, uh, it takes forever, but yeah, it's here, okay. Here's here's three people using their thumbs. It's Graham Yarrington. G R A H A M Y A R R I N G T O N. So Graham Yarrington on Instagram um, and you can follow his beautiful work that he's posted previous his some little things from his life, some stickers. He's it's amazing. And there's a picture of him with his shirt off and you can see the tattoo on his stomach and his chest. The tiger. And it, and it has the link to the Graham where you can go. There's several places to purchase some of his work that's for sale. And he's right a sweetheart. So remember that. <laughs> I can't. Un- and thanks I really again. can't yeah, hear it. Thanks now. again, Graham, for making me feel good about my voice. Yeah. I guess I need to start listening to everybody. Yeah, you do. Um, and everybody, we will be back on Monday with more stuff and things. And until then, take care of each other, man. And you know what? Lock yourself in your room and make no, a cute art piece. Okay, yeah, do that. Smile, a stranger. <laughs> Try it. And Just hydrate. see see what you come up with. And safety third, and you know, recycle because. It's just easy. Don't be lazy. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't be lazy. We love you. Love you guys. See you love next y'all. week. Peace.
Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.